about ghost prots? Yeah. Are you ready to talk about ghost prots? That's my mission, and I choose to accept it. it. You were so stoked on this movie. We're doing this in the middle of the goddamn day, in the middle of the afternoon. Well, also, it's all at the discretion of whenever, whenever you decide we want. to finish your special features. <laughs> and there's like, not that many on um, this disc. I know we're about to watch this movie in full, but I have to watch a commentary in full mm-hmm. first. That's the way Hector plays. So far, the bummer of it is... In there's my, no commentary on this one. It, correct. And I would have loved it for Brad Bird to be like, here's Talking me making my Cruise. first live action movie. Like, how, this is I what it is. butt heads. Uh, I probably I not. Because apparently him and John Woo butted heads. Well, sure. That makes sense to me. And I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, JJ and him, but no, heads. JJ and Brad Bird, I think, come from the uh, from the 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 school of like, hey, this is a huge thing for us. So like, we thank you for hiring us to mm-hmm. make this movie. John Woo's like, I'm John Woo, like I know how to do action, and I'm making part two to Brian De Palma's movie, and I'm going to make it a John Woo movie. So that makes sense that there could be contention happening there. True. And the first Mission Wonder Impossible, how Brian De Palma and him got along. I don't know, but the but hopefully at that point, Tom Cruise was enough like, oh, I'm working with Brian De Palma. Sure, and he's young. True. He was like early 30s. Man. Uh, but 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 Mission Impossible, the first, was the first movie that Tom Cruise produced with Paula Wagner. So that was the first movie of his where he's like, I'm producer Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And the same for two, three, and beyond. So like, it, it that doesn't surprise me. And it doesn't surprise me that Brad Bird... Oh, the first time he's also allowed to say anything back, really, wh- as a right, producer. Right, as, as opposed to just being the actor and collaborating on the acting side. Hey, he's what like, are we doing? I'm a producer. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films Podcast, Quarantine Episode. My name is Hector Navarro. Sitting to my left. Right over here. Is my good buddy, Mr. Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. Hi, Hector. How are you? I'm good, because at the end of this, we're going to yell, Mission Accomplished. We're not going to yell it. Mm-hmm. And then... We're going to st- press a button. Put a Luther a laugh of this. <laughs> yeah, we're corny as hell. Who cares? True. It's we'll buy him a beer. I would be happily buy that dude a beer. <laughs> so many. Ving Rhames or Luther Stickle. Yep, I'm not buying Jeremy Renner a goddamn thing, though. <laughs> he can get his and own beer. I'd want to hang out with Ving Rhames to be like, tell me about Stanley Tucci. <laughs> True. I'd be like, what was he like in college? Yeah, and how, did, and how did you feel when he gave you the nickname and you were like, cool. Everybody's been calling me Irv my whole life. Yeah, I like Ving better. <laughs> Ving's better. Um, we have Man, uh, Stanley Tucci. Yeah, he's awesome. He, really liked, he should be in these movies. He went against the grain. Oh. What if he was Stanley Tucci was like the, I, he head, was of the, the head of the IMF? Oh my God. That'd be amazing. Stern Stanley Tucci is terrifying. But you got to give him, yeah, it'd be like the terminal, but he actually has actual authority. True. Instead of like, I run JFK Airport. Yeah, it's, it's like, like okay, okay don't be an asshole what to, do you do? to Tom Hanks. He's trying to do some weird accent. He's just got to get home. Let him do his thing. Exactly. He made up an accent for he this movie. To, he has to get home to Perfectistan. Let him get home there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would be amazing if they brought in the Tooch. The Tooch deserves to be in it. Also, the Tooch yeah. would be amazing in Fast and the Furious. Yeah, but he's already, here's the deal. He could ham I, it up enough, though. He can, thing. but he did that in Transformers, and I know those are bad, oh, okay. bad movies. And but it's, it's like, like the same type of. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, uh, I, I, look, there's a certain caliber of actor that I love in my Fast and Furiouses, and none offense to the Fast and Furiouses, it's but kind Kurt of Russell is the caliber. Tucci's kind of too good for that. Exactly. So is Charlize Theron, though. Charlize yes, Theron is that's like a, a good point. Huge and so pool. is Helen Mirren. So that so throws me. Mirren, that throws true. me the hell off. Helen, I'm like, what? That's what. Hey, but this podcast isn't about credibility them. This podcast isn't about those movies. Here's the deal. I have Not to yet. say this though: Not the yet. amount of credibility that came with <laughs> Helen Mirren. Like, what can anybody say now? Even Nothing. though she was in Red, so Nothing. it's like also she's. That's true. But. Nobody, no, nobody can say shit. Nobody can say shit. But we, we're having this conversation, Keller and I, about like what we want to see. When I see. think of the Queen, I see Helen Mirren. I don't Same. know what the Queen looks like. I think of Helen Mirren. 
Yeah. And then I think of just her character in Fast and Furious. And That's I all her, I think of. Yeah. I think of her and Jason Statham, and I'm like, is Jason Statham the prince? If she's is the queen? The one who lives, but he's not the one who lives in America. What are you talking about? There's some prince that's like been delivering uh, meals and Oh, Meghan Markle's husband? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Meghan Markle's cool. husband. What's his name? I don't know. Prince Henry? Who it's cares? It's probably Henry. <laughs> I don't care what his name is. I'm an American. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. I don't care about the royalty. Shit. I don't give a shit. Imperialism. Down with the royalty, dude. Yeah. Down with the system. Yeah. Oh, um, but we, But Keller and I have been having a conversation about... Obviously a political conversation. Yeah. Too. About the heads of the IMF, because we get kind of another one here, but it's the secretary, and I'm like, so I'm a little bit confused They're about... The, it's the cursed defense against the dark arts teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They but gotta also, die every time. I always thought it was the secretary of defense will disavow if you get captured or caught. Well, the pre- he says so the I'm president like, has made us go yeah. ghost protocol. Yeah, he's initiated ghost protocol. Well, hang on. What so we, also the president we, knows what's happening. Bro, pull out your phone. Because we, oh, yeah, we have to talk about what we're doing. We have to talk about what movie we're talking about today. Everybody knows by now. I just we said are now ghost pros. over the halfway mark of the Mission Impossible series. Keller, okay. bust out that. Get that guy out here again. Stuffy British guy. He's got to tell us what movie we're talking about today. Hit me with it. Oh, he's got a suit on now. Now he means business. <laughs> Mission impossible. Hyphen. First hyphen. Ghost protocol. 2011. Director Philip Bradley Bird. Stylish, fast-paced, and loaded with gripping set pieces. The fourth Mission Impossible is big hyphen budget popcorn entertainment that really works. Too hyphen heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm. But... That's from uh, That's pretty Rot- good. Rotten Tomatoes, and I agree. I, it's got like a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, or 93 is, or something. I remember when it came out in 2011. So so if you can remember, Keller, how old were you in 06? I was 16. 16. I was 15 I was, when that movie came out. You were 15 when that movie came out. Uh, and I I'm was, guessing. It didn't come out in past November. I think it came out May. Yeah, definitely. I was think. 15 or like June or something. One of those mm-hmm. summer uh, months. I remember it coming out, and like I said last episode, I went to go see it with my dad, but like we didn't really talk about this last time because I think we were just so stoked on Mission Impossible 3 being so mm-hmm. good compared to 1 and 2 and getting to that point. But like Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's couch had just happened. It had just happened. When Mission Impossible 3 came out? Yes. So, oh, so, so people, that puts a damper on everything. So people claim that the visibility of Tom Cruise as a Scientologist LRH. and and his <laughs> LRH and his um his sort of... His really interesting and and um, very jarring appearance on Oprah, which again, remember, this is two thousand six. It's a different d- Twitter is not what it is today. And it, when like, was the scary turtleneck video? That was around. That came out, I think, by then. So it was this thing of like he was He's so on his way down. he was so high on life on his on his. Uh, uh, like Scientology, like. sure, High but Scientology. I, I, but I don't think it. Like I, I'm trying to remember if he was the one that was sort of going public with it, or if it was the news and different outlets being like Tom Cruise noted Scientology. Like if if they were sort of tackling it that way. But the point is, is that he made that appearance and that thing went for lack of a better phrase, it went viral, and mm-hmm. people were like, "This guy's insane," or "He needs help," or "It's all an act," or "It's all you know." So it's I think that Tom Cruise and it's here's this thing is I don't believe. I don't know one way or another if it's an act or it's not. Because if you it, it, if you tell me that it's an act, if you tell me, Hector, I know for a fact 
trust me, I have insider information and I can tell you that Tom Cruise is acting with certain things about his personal life, I could believe you. I could be like, okay, I buy it because he's such a high profile, right? It's the same thing as Michael Jackson just being so weird as a, you know, set aside this stuff. So with many you. people are outwardly fine and inwardly creeps. Right. Exactly. And some, and some people are outwardly so like outrageous, outlandish, outlandish and eccentric. And you're like, why? Well, Tom Cruise was, is Larry, like the, the biggest cable guy. Huh? <laughs> he doesn't sound like that actually, guys. <laughs> I didn't know that. Thing. Really? He doesn't. That's not his real speaking oh voice. Oh my God. We just blew Hector's brain wide open. Did. See? Good, well, good for him, I guess. Yeah. Like for pulling over a fast one much, on everybody, like, but it's at it's how much that cable thing. has he ever installed? Mm. Also, anybody who's ever come over to install cable, yeah, none of them have been in like a sleeveless, uh, yeah. <laughs> plaid shirt. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, um, I got us on the so, blue collar tour. Well, there were there we there we are uh, with Jeff Foxworthy, <laughs> but like that thing was happening with Tom Cruise in terms of like his publicity. And I remember box office analysts saying like that's hurting the box office of Mission Impossible Three. And as a, I was like 21 at the, no, I was like 19 when that movie came out. Went to go see it with my dad. I remember it not being as much of a moneymaker as other movies that year or other Mission Impossibles that came out six years earlier. But I'm still like a little unsure if that is true. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, I believe it. Because look at the difference between how people thought of Tom Cruise at that time and in, in, in point versus 2011 when this movie came out. All of the critics were all of a sudden like, this is the best Mission Impossible movie. And I and I know a bunch of people went to go see this that hadn't seen three. Mm-hmm. I remember that happening so much that people were like so sh- surprised that it Mainly was good. because it was IMAX. It was like a totally. big deal. And the trailers were great. The marketing was great. More. It was, you know, you it saw came out at a good stunts. time. It was a December 2011 You can movie. make a hell of a trailer out of this movie. Absolutely. You and you, they probably the did. The big IMAX so stuff. Guessing. Yeah. And I remember I'm a guessing. lot of people being like, wow, this one's actually really good. And mm-hmm. me going... Yeah, because three been? was good, and Abrams is still producing this one, and it's in the same it's the sort bad of reboot. Yeah, it's 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 bad robot, bad robot reboot. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I forget what my original point was, but rock. I think it was going off of the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Like, pretty much agree. There's not a whole lot that I fault in this movie, but there are things that I'm like, Other I don't than like the existence of Tom Cruise. <laughs> sure, Jeremy Renner comes into it, but I don't. There are things in this movie that I prefer less than in Mission Impossible 3. So this is still my number two. It's a solid number two. It's a, it's a hard Let's number two. overall thoughts. Do it. Give it. Or no, we have to do the thing. What thing? You want to do? Okay, refresh everybody what the mission is. We've got the IMF classified document. Keller, hit us with that IMF voice from Southern California. What are we talking about, bro? Cobalt. Mission objective. Locate and stop the operative known as Cobalt, who plans to start a nuclear war between the U.S. and Russia. Key operatives, Hunt, Ethan, Stickel, Luther, Dunn, Benji. <laughs> it's Stickle. Carter. I'm sorry. The way they spell it, they shouldn't have spelled it that way. Stickle, Luther, Carter, Jane, Brant, William, boo. Sorry, I don't know why. And Hanaway, Trevor. He gets an honorable mensch. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, good for him. R.I.P. Sends you to equipment. Trackable paper. Yeah, remember that? Electromagnetic gloves. Mm-hmm. Camera tracking gun. Mm-hmm. They even don't even talk about the projection thing. Inflatable mm-hmm. fall bag gets a mention. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good, fun Mission Impossible tech in this Villain? world. <gasps> Targets? Uh-oh. Hendrix Kurt. And Wistrom Marius. And? Moreau Sabine. Mm, the assassin. We go to <laughs> Budapest, Hungary, Moscow, Russia, Dubai, 
UAE, Mumbai, India, Seattle, Washington, USA. <laughs> okay, everybody, now... By turn, the way, that's all fucking turn, classified. Turn down, so don't turn tell down, a goddamn person. Turn down your volume because we're going to stop whispering now. So now we get... <laughs> I was right upon it, though. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the mission. It's... Uh, it's, it's so they for, chose so to accept it. Right off the bat, I love this movie. It's amazing. There are some moments, some sequences, specifically at the Burj building, the hotel, which are heart-stoppingly good. They're and, terrifying. And, and, terrifying. And for my, and in my opinion, that is still the best stunt across the six movies. The the best stunt in Mission Impossible franchise history is still it Tom may doing be. that. And him That's running down the building is amazing. Uh, incredible. I th- it's so tense. But we're going to compare that when we get to stuff later in Fallout because you're a what, big fan. Well, it's just like... Dude, even him hanging out the plane in Rogue Nation is like I haven't amazing. felt more tension than in Fallout in any of these movies. Mm. Fallout was now is it that is that just because it's the most hell. fresh because it's the freshest and you've no, seen these I other mean, movies? I mean I remember seeing all of them and never like yeah Fallout is stressful. It is that is a two and a half hour it is. stressful goddamn movie. And this is like a fun spy movie. This is like this is this is like a lighter uh, you know. This is like when Jackie Chan decided to make the tuxedo or something, you know? <laughs> it's like that level of yeah. fun and outlandish. There's some CG, like, you know, there's some CG happening, There's, but there's giant also like... sandstorm. Yeah, but it's also like light and quick and snappy and fun and funny. It's a bit more Bond gadgety, even. Mm-hmm. But like, it still has, uh, like, what makes Mission Impossible separate from the Bond franchise the is that... It's the team, and this still has the team, and this and still has. And we now have Benji coming in a bigger role. All of these, the, yes, and which is so good, and so yeah, this one leans so much out of water, into like, the humor. So new much. guy. So my overall thoughts are, like I said, horn. solid number two is my second favorite of the of the four of them so far, and I think it is so so good. I just am going to edge out Mission Impossible Three because Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain is way more compelling than Who the, the fuck was this guy. Uh, was the act the actor's name is like Nyquist? I don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like a Swedish guy, and the mm-hmm. Russian character whose code name is Cobalt. I can't remember, and you just said it a minute Hendrix. ago. Hendrix. Hendrix. That's right. Um, that side of the movie is not that compelling. That sort of plot-heavy stuff is not that also, super compelling. There's at like one point where he's just like saying stuff very seriously in a lab coat at the climax of the movie, and it's mm-hmm. like, then with you're the, not with, scary at with all. Them getting it's the not information. Even a scary lab coat. Yeah, and and uh, yeah. So there's a lot to to talk about in the film. Christopher McQuarrie did come in to do some like script revisions, and he helped apparently sort of simplify some I stuff. I wonder if he did he lay the syndicate groundwork, or was I bet. that in there already? I bet was that already the plan. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised. What's happening over there? The Alexa's saying something or something. Oh my gosh, that Alexa has given us so much trouble. I'm sick of it. Yeah, we should um kill it. Okay. <laughs> Bash it with a we baseball bat. It on fire. No, that's an expensive piece <laughs> of equipment. It's destroyed. Yeah, all right. We won't do that. We'll just disconnect um, it. So those those are my overall thoughts. My favorite sequence is right there in the middle of the movie when they go to Dubai. It's so, so good. I love the team element. I overall love what each of the members of the team bring to the film, even if I don't, even if I'm not a huge fan of like Jeremy Renner's William Brandt, it doesn't matter. Him as the analyst and with the certain moments that he has, like he has time to shine mm-hmm. in the same way that Paula Patton's character, um, what's her last name, Carter, she's got time to shine and she has an interesting backstory, but we're going to talk about it because there's some stuff to talk about on both sides there. But it's um, it's still that, that it's in the vein of what Mission Impossible 3 did where it's like we're going to give each of these team members, not just Luther Stickle, but Maggie Q and then Deacon Lynn Gormley, we're going to give them moments to shine and everybody has successes and failures. And uh, yeah, so I, I, think it's, I think it's really great. And all of this considering too that at the beginning of the film, 
he's not with Julia anymore. And you're like, what the hell happened? And they're just dropping hints constantly. And they're the dropping it. Time. And then they drop hints that like she died. Like William mm-hmm. tells us that she died. And I remember seeing that for the first time and being really pissed off. I'm like, fuck. Like, here's another action franchise Kills that off falls the... into the trope of like, we have to bring the male lead character back, but we had him retire and live happily ever after last movie. Well, then let's just kill the wife character. But then at the end, she comes in with a cameo. She was just in witness protection. Like Ethan reveals that that's it was not what all happened. Part of the plan. And that, I I do love that. And I and think it that is that's nice that he like lets Brant off the hook. Yeah, and he and I think that like we don't get it in this one. Maybe we'll get it. In, I think we do get it in the next one. I mentioned this when we talked about MI three. But like Luther Stickle was right when he says this will not work for people like mm-hmm. us. And I think that Luther is the type of character that Declan Gormley says it. Yeah, too. that's see, I love that. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he did that too. So, um, yeah, Keller, what are your overall thoughts? Mission Impossible: Ghost Protes. It is a magic carpet ride. Uh, it's a it's a good mm-hmm. time it's over a, the deserts of Dubai and exactly, then over to India, baby. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's super fun. Yeah, it is uh, just sweeping you along. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. It doesn't get that stunted except for maybe the wind tunnel nonsense. At the end? At the party. At the party? You don't love the party stuff. I don't love the party stuff. It's not, especially coming from... And I don't love the car elevator that much. It's fine. Sure. But also it's like parking garage. Sure. Yeah, I know. It's In terms of like an act three, it does feel a little bit... Coming or from just like, all the locations you've been at. Yeah. Like we just did an insane thing on this massive Dubai. landmark and now we're in a parking garage. It's incredible. It almost feels as though it, it but was... But that is a good fight at the end. It's like great. Ethan's leg straight up broken. I love it. The, the missile's arm in broke. the air. He grabs, you know, uh, Cobalt grabs the briefcase and then falls. And just jumps. Like all that yeah. stuff is great. I think the choreography of that sequence, I agree, is all pretty amazing. But it's almost like if there was only a way we could get some of that stuff happening in act two and then like act three could be the, 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 not Dubai. even the building know. or like have that be. Yeah. Do you know or what I mean? Like the whole chasing in the sand, have that be the actual end right, or something. at the end. And then he catches yeah. them. And so you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. left with like this. Wow. That bit, you know, right but, after yeah. the building thing. Cause that was way more tense and way more exciting. It was, I wish was. that had been, I yeah. might've even been more okay with the party because a lot of, yeah. What these movies do well is they, build, build to even that. the tension mm-hmm. in the stunts in like mm-hmm. this uh so what we're saying is spectacle one of the the biggest knocks on ghost protocol is that its own act two is so good that it's act three falters by comparison that's what we're saying yeah yeah it's really great and they squander being like we're going to india yes like, they, they do. just like show so, one exterior shot of I being wanna, in india i want to talk and about the that. rest of it's like well yeah we it's, could just again, be on any lot especially be exactly especially because dubai is so much like hey we would love to do something here and then they so the the, the backstory goes and i got some of this from the very few special features that's on this one disc for ghost protocol in my set they uh J.J. Abrams and like Brian Burke and some other production people, producer people, went to Dubai when they were promoting Star Trek in 2009, right? This is three years after Mission Impossible 3, and, and they're you there. And could probably get like some really cool Star Trek locations in Dubai. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I bet. I bet I'll, like even the Burj itself could probably stand in for some, mm-hmm. you know, alien cool building somewhere or some Starfleet thing, whatever. But um, the, the point is they went there and they were so blown away by the beauty of the city. They were like, it'd be so cool to be able to do something here. And then I think when they started to pursue that, 
and develop the ideas for the stunt or whatever they they the city itself were was like well we want people to come here we want mm-hmm. this to be a tourist thing we want to be a hollywood location so you've got as much access as we can give you you know there were floors that were not finished in the building and that worked perfectly for them they put all their equipment there they Probably put all their the sets in there yeah like I doubt they were using actual rooms right i don't they may have but the point is is that they had so much they had like enough room to do mm-hmm. their stuff and they were and it was all about safety and it was all about you know the logistics of it were crazy they busted out like 26 windows when it when it's all said and done because it was not just the one that tom climbs out of but like cameras coming out and equipment and some some like so much stuff a bunch or whatever so much stuff so like all of that went so well um and it came from them visiting there in the first place so a part of me does get to the india stuff and i'm like well what about this is india what about this is like getting me excited about this beautiful country or a beautiful city or whatever it is and the other thing too that's also uh, that throws me off a bit too is the uh the actor who plays the the target that they have to go and get is that super famous indian actor the bollywood hollywood actor who it feels when he pops up and he's got and he does a great job he's very funny you know where he's like welcome to my humble home but it seems like a market thing it seems like it's a we want to open in india and we want to give one of the biggest indian movie stars in the world at this point that's what a lot of these movies are for sure the later mission impossible is like i think and listen and it's about can can, (laughs) that's the struggle I have as somebody it's who like is... like a Chinese co-production, the newest ones are, right? I think so. Yeah. And I have a struggle with, I don't want to feel like I'm witnessing the cynicism and greed of Hollywood when I watch a movie. And I know that's a stupid, naive Especially viewpoint. since the Dubai thing is the same exact thing. Correct. It's, this, it's but, literally yet, the same exact... It feels but so... But they were able to do something worthwhile so with worthwhile it that moves and the story iconic. forward. So what I'm saying is... That whole India thing... You don't need it's any squandered. of it. The whole and if, part of the story, you don't need it. They you wanted don't need... to put that in there. Make that Indian actor mm-hmm. the fucking bad guy of the movie. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Make, like, give him or give him at least more, more like, than just like, some. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I don't like. I'll give you some examples of stuff that I think Hollywood has done right, and then other stuff I feel like they've done wrong. It's like Kung Fu Panda Three was a Chinese co-production, and I mm-hmm. think in part animated in China. And it's like at first you might think, well, that doesn't seem. But technically, it's like based in China, correct? So it's, Technic, it's cool. even though it's like a full-on DreamWorks American sort of written mm-hmm. production, it's still supposed to be set in. It's like something you a, wish an, maybe you'd heard about China. was being going on with Kubo, though. You know, I wish For that sure. was a Japanese co-production. Absolutely, as opposed to being just a strict, you know, yeah. Um, because there are moments in Kubo that feel very authentic in terms of like storytelling. Where you're like, ooh, this feels like this is like an Eastern storytelling thing. And wouldn't it have been cool if it was a little bit more, I don't know, involved or authentic or whatever? So I think that I think the thing we're trying to say is like the Mission Impossible movies are going to keep going to different locations. Dubai is so amazing and so thrilling. The sequences where they go to like Shanghai, India could have been though, could have been. But in Mission Impossible Three, where they go to flip the book, where do they go in Mission Impossible Three? We go to India. We go to um, what's another like like world location that we go to in three? Rome. Rome and it's China and, oh, and they use Rome and I know they, yeah, they films, go to the Vatican right and the you're Vatican, like, oh, like you, how perfect and you can becomes, see where you are all the time it's in part of the plot we have to break it to the Vatican right mm-hmm. and then what was the third one the Vatican is the hardest place to get into and then the building in China yeah doing in Shanghai. that stunt it's awesome so like which didn't that, take place in China that happens set, but, but even then to, to be able to like 
you know, fake, we're in this location. And he is when, doing, like... When we're in Moscow, Moscow, when we're at the Kremlin, even though they weren't the there, fucking Kremlin. it feels... The Kremlin yeah. explodes. That it's, is a yeah. huge... That's like a... Big story thing. That's like a world-altering event that when, happens when, when, in yes, the city they're in. In this universe. When we're in Russia, it feels like we're in Russia. Mm-hmm. And and I, to me, Thank I think you, that they... Chikino. Yes, yeah. And I think, to me, they do use it to the best of their... Uh, um, storytelling ability i just wish that i didn't feel like oh okay this is the part where they bring in the indian actor because they want to open in india it's like yeah make him the bad guy it's like e- either go all in or don't do it or have him be a I'm part saying. of it or yeah, like exactly. something and these movies have him be the money behind it or like these I don't movies know. in terms of like okay if we're going to compare this to again the fast and furious franchise which already has a very very in my opinion, diverse cast. The Mission Impossible movies don't have the most diverse cast. This is the Fast Seven. How so? The Furious franchise. You're throwing me off. Why? I was going down a point. What I'm are sorry. You, go what, on. No. Okay, no. How That's come? just the way it feels. Seven isn't as good as five. Right. 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 But it's right, pretty right, right. damn good. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Or this could. But be, it's a yeah, little underwhelming. This is like the six and seven of. But sure, only sure, a little sure. underwhelming. Sure. 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 But um, let's talk about the cast, right? We and get. I also the, can't we get, remember who the villain was in seven. Exactly. Oh, I think it was just. Um, uh, Decker Cha. I think it was okay, Jason that's Statham. One. Okay. So that was cool. Anyway, justice for Han. Um, justice for Han. But in terms of the casts of these movies, like we get who was, it was just Luther Stickle as sort of like, I think the only, no, then we had like Jean Reno, but he was French. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm talking about part one. And I think everybody in the cast was basically white. And then you had Luther Stickle. Part two, we had Tandy Newton and she was a big part of the movie, but it's not a, a great character. Right. A little bit different, you know, and, and Luther Stickle Still was there. Luther. Three, we bring in Maggie Q. And then we've got Declan Gormley, who is like Scottish, which is cool. But and we've got guy. Lawrence Fishburne as the head. And Lawrence Fishburne. So to me, we're getting closer to recognizing that, that you know, hey, let's let's showcase a little bit more different backgrounds of people and characters. And part four, I think, keeps that going. Even though Luther's not part of the main team and it's just the three white guys with Paula Patton, mm-hmm. at least we have Paula Patton. It's like, okay, great. Another woman of color. It's following that tradition that Maggie Q. And she's, and like she's a badass. And we could talk about even her. Even though there and then are some... The, the later films, I feel like, are still not the most diverse. I feel like it's just most, mostly Ving Rhames and white people. Like, that's what most of the Mission Impossible franchise is. That's definitely is. what it is. That's definitely what it is. And that's... Unfortunate. Unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Except we do uh, get... Angela Bassett. Yeah. How amazing is that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, That stuff is great. So, yeah. But she's barely in it. But she's amazing. Right. But it. she's amazing. That's the job. That's Yeah, she's so, so good. So, anyway. So, like, maybe that's something that we could see in 7 and 8... And, you know, it's interesting really because, so. because, like, uh, Christopher McCoy, he announced that one of my favorite actors is going to be in seven and eight or both or one of them, Haley Atwell. Oh, okay. I love Haley Atwell. Oh, that is awesome. But she's another beautiful white woman. True. You know, she's, you know it's just like, it, mm-hmm. so maybe that's something we could see in that or if the series progresses past seven and eight and past Ethan Hunt, maybe this can be the series that can deliver on the promise that maybe the James Bond series has I'm, at, I'm at very one point tried to excited promise. about what's going to happen. Me too. Because there's Me like too. Yeah. a black female 007 in this Right, movie. she's 007. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Lashana Lynch's character, she's the she new 007. Is a, like, he's out of commission. So it's like, what if after this Daniel Craig movie, that's who the 007 is? I would be so Wouldn't that be crazy? Pumped. I was talking about that the other day, and it was very, it very interesting. It would be the best in it the world. It would be really cool. It'd be it would so be really cool. cool. I was talking about this with um, God damn James Cameron Bond Cuff sucks. from Krypton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just And he's a British guy and him talking about, you know, what the Bond franchise oh, is really? and everything. And, and we were saying like, wouldn't it be cool if they did Mission Impossible movies that were, or James Bond movies that were continuing like the Daniel Craig continuity and it's mm-hmm. Lashana Lynch. Yeah. But then 
either as TV projects or wherever. Like, who owns the rights to James Bond right now? Is British it people. Warner Brothers? The Broccoli's. The Broccoli's. Let's say that it'll be Warner Brothers slash HBO Max. Then they could do an HBO Max series where it's like, okay, we're going to do James Bond, but it's it's set in the year 1962. If they do, yeah. Universe that would be stuff. interesting. Yeah, if they did, yeah, if they're like, and now here's like, like you know, if, if they did, yeah, just multiple Mad Men, versions. Uh, that's what I'm 007, saying. Double O Seven, in a and way, like make it complicated, make yes. him a fucked up piece of shit. That's the point. Make that's that point. show to try to have a commentary. That would crush. Make it Homeland that's what I'm set saying. in the '60s. That's what I'm saying. Pieces of shit. Be very interesting. Yeah, that to, would to be basically because the Where's way the that intrigue? the the Americans exactly the movies didn't do the books exactly. Ian Fleming had like. A series of whatever many books. Oh yeah, and instead of the first book being Casino Royale, the first movie was Doctor No, which is another book. Which is so they kind of did it out of you know. So it'd be interesting if they went back and they're like, let's do all the books in order. I wonder how much continuity there is to the books. I'm curious too. I haven't read any of them yet, but I'm and going I'm, to. You will. How many? I have the first. I have a copy of Casino Royale, and I'm okay. planning to just read that. And then if I like it, I'll keep going. If you read that, are you going to watch the movie right before? You know, baby. Okay, but both. Old no. Casino Royale and no, New no. Casino Royale. Old Casino Royale is a uh, Woody Allen's in that. I'm not watching that oh, yeah. piece of Fuck shit. That piece of yeah, shit. yeah. Unless it's on the list. For I'm not some watching um, reason because he plays Jimmy Bond. I'm not watching that. Jimmy yeah. It's Bond. like a, it's like a funny parody, co- you know, oh, yeah. comedy thing. I'd rather watch Austin Powers. I don't mm-hmm. want to watch the. Mm-hmm. I've seen it once. I'm good. But good. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I want to watch the the Daniel Craig stuff for sure. So so then back to the cast. Let's talk about it. Okay. Firstly, Ethan Hunt. How do we feel about it and his storyline in this? Uh. Pretty good. Not mm-hmm. as like personal as the last one. No, but he's a still little somewhat personal. Like we yeah, get the moments. He's a little detached, uh-huh. but it all works. And it's also maybe that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be detached because he's just gone through this heartache, which is basically is a divorce. Getting a divorce, yeah, essentially, yeah, and yeah. also having to go to prison to get a divorce. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to save her life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that he didn't kill the Serbians. I'm so blown away by that stunt in in uh, Dubai, and I think that uh, what he did was amazing. What the whole team did was amazing. I also think that he, as an actor in this movie, is is um, like very like a little bit more like you were saying Jackie Chan when he does his stunts, where it's almost like befuddled, self deprecating, super like uh, poking fun at himself, panicky. Mm-hmm. Like he's not. There's mm-hmm. no confidence in most of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's when all luck. Him taking that breather when Benji walks in, be like, it was pretty hard, yeah. but I got it done. <laughs> uh, well, that was not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. So that's the other thing, too, is this movie is the funniest Mission Impossible. Maybe still. I think five and six. Yeah, that article you yeah. said. It's like they're straight up like it's so Looney funny. Tunes gags. It's really, really good. And so it takes the piss out of the whole thing. It takes the piss out of the IMF. The and thing the not exploding pop. at the beginning. Like it's great. It doesn't yeah. self-destruct. This, this mission will self-destruct. This will self-destruct. This mission yeah. will this, self-destruct. This, this mission. <laughs> well, fuck. Dude. Yeah, I guess we can't do it. Uh, all of that stuff is so much fun. Yeah. This franchise is a Southern guy. Yeah, that's what it needs. Well, hell. That's what we need. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that, Ethan. That's tough. Ethan, I'm not saying that. That's your line. <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? I said it's tough, but I think I can do it. I think I can get yeah, it done. We're in. I'm in. <laughs> I just need a second to hack the mainframe. He's the tech guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who else would he be? He's the smartest guy I in just the need, entire I team. Just, I just need two seconds to hack that mainframe. They got firewalls. You're going to have to reach from the outside. We're only 80%. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to tap your foot when we're done. Tap. Oh, man. I wish I had gotten to wear a mask. <laughs> I never get to wear. How come? Hey, Ethan, how come y'all never put me in the field? Is There's it because no- of my accent? <laughs> can I believe this? Listen here, comrade. I wanted to go to Belarus with can, you guys. I can do Russian. I'm Russian. Yeah, here we go. You ready? Yeah, here we go. Hello. Dos Vidonia. Dos Vidonia. That's right. Goulash. 
That's it. Moscow. That's Moscow. it. That's it. Moscow. Vodka. I got to go home. I got a whole Moscow cows in yeah, my that's farm. Yeah, that's what I got. All right, that's enough of that. Um, I don't like it anymore. He's really great. Why is Luther Stickle even? No, that's but go flip me back. Flip me back. I'm but confused. still, why is he? I'm, confused. In, I'm glad he is. He's, what did he I is, say? He, he is, is needed. He is in five, right? But he gets a shout out on this, and Luther Stickle has a cameo at the end, which is brilliant. I think he. I think it was. I'm glad he comes in, and he's too. also like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" It's, yep. And then he still leaves like, "Who the fuck are you guys?" Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I know you're paying for this, Ethan. Boom. Flips him the bird, and he's out. Yeah, he and didn't it, even and say anything to them. They tell you that he says that he was the one to recovered like the nuclear missile from the bay, from San Francisco Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, one week over yeah. the weekend, which is like, oh, okay, and cool. The IMF, yeah, cleaned it up. The IMF cleaned it up, uh, which is great. So, Benji, he's so funny in it. He's so good. He pisses me off. He's so good in it. <laughs> like at the beginning in Russia, yeah, and like, eventually he just tells him to you. shut it in Russian. It's like a dream being yeah. in the field with you, Ethan. I'm sorry about what happened to you know with Julia. You and Julia. I thought you were great. Yeah. And he's just looking at him like, shut the what hell the fuck up, man. Now, here? Now? In yeah. the hallway? He, almost, he, he like puts Where we're supposed to be being as probably as silent as we can. In the camera, exactly. And his face yeah. in the camera? Yeah. I think that, that Simon Pegg's uh, reappearance, because he could have just been a cameo in three and that would have been it. And they could have brought back Declan Gormley. They could have brought back, they could have had a new actor. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they brought him back adds that continuity that it, it feels like three and four are finally chasing that sort of continuity that like the Marvel movies have or other, you know, franchises have that people thank love. Thank God for Star Trek. Oh, thank God for Star Trek. Not the first time I've said it. Ain't going to be it's the last the first time, time I said, said it. It's not the first time you said it, but it did Mm-mm. get us to this. Yes, absolutely. Star Trek Scotty. got us to Mission Impossible 3. Well, other no, way it around. No, it didn't. Other way around. Mm-hmm. But it got us to, it got us binging. To this, the continuity. And just the fact that the... I guess that's how we got Benji. The writers, either. director Brad Bird, everybody involved wanted to bring back Benji and be like, now he's a field agent because mm-hmm. it's Simon Pegg. And, and also, him passing the test is a funny thing. Yeah. Like, and also I feel like... What are you doing here? Simon Pegg like lost some weight from three to this one mm-hmm. to where he looks great. You know, he's super funny. He's at the top of his game. Um, and, uh, and just the fact that him losing weight, I'm like, that does make sense for his... For his, he went through st- training. Exactly. From like for him to be he the had to tech go guy, to, yeah, which is so so great. But the the whole. Purpose, but then having him having to go back to the chair is very funny later, though. Yeah, it's and great. Just playing video games, it's so good. Being so mad but the, about the it. whole purpose of his inclusion, I think, is letting the audience know, or it's letting the everybody who's making the film know, like we're gonna be funny. We're gonna be really funny in this one. That's what. And that's they what definitely Benji is. do. Yeah, he establishes that it's okay to be funny, I mm-hmm. guess, because. What is Simon Pegg going to do otherwise? Exactly. Uh, Paula Patton, I think she does great. Let's talk about her character. Because she it's like, does it's do like great and maybe is the best, best female, female character. character. Well, when we say best, I feel like maybe the most fleshed out. Julia. But it's not necessarily... I don't know who the most fleshed out it's character is. It's probably hers is. in that we know her motivation. Is yeah. That so there's, she is, it was her operation to begin with. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. the one who sent in her fiance and got him killed Mm -hmm. which also i was like man they just really drive home maggie q's failures in the last one and paula Patton's failures in this one they do the 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 female members of the teams in three and four even though i think they fail pretty much the same amount does but they don't draw as much attention to anybody and is that because is that just a sort of subconscious like Oh, the the women on these teams, they're going to be the ones that are like, oh, I don't know if I'm field ready. Like this is a man's world. I don't know where that's coming from, but there's a couple of different categories when we talk about like good characters who are women characters. The first one is, 
are they as competent as Ethan Hunt? Because Ethan's the star of this franchise. And the up most to this point, competent. So. And he's effectively a superhero. He has speaks all the languages, super intelligent, like super genius, physically fit and perfect, and is able to pull off the stunts. Up to this point, Maggie Q is not that. Paula Patton is not that. Jules is not that. Paula Patton comes close. Close. That fucking fight. It's a great fight. Is amazing. So on that side, on that scale, I want to give props because I'm like, they made Carter a very competent member of the Impossible Mission Force, and it's really cool that she's there, and I think that at no point is any of that questioned. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. though she fails, mm-hmm. and like I said, I feel like... Everybody does everybody fail, does. and that's what this whole movie and is, and yeah. is constant. And there's some stuff failure that, after failure. that are that are the failures are kind of out of their hands a little bit, but it's still... It's, <laughs> it was Karate Chop Abby as you walked by. I saw she better watch out. She better watch out. I just watched Mission um, Impossible. <laughs> Please, exactly. <laughs> but the other side of it is when we were talking about their backstories and them being fleshed out in interesting characters. Because Julia, her introduction in part three is not about her being a super badass spy. She's a civilian. But she's still, and she is still the girlfriend wife character of Ethan. But to me, she's still very interesting and relatable and competent and competent. And she's and a like great is constantly doctor, like great Ethan, nurse. You're full of shit, Ethan. Yeah, you got to tell me. She Ethan? can read him. So mm-hmm. at, on that level of just being like, and an, then an, like a, a takes kid. out a couple motherfuckers at the end For of sure. it, brings Ethan back to life. You're reminding me why three is my favorite. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Exactly. But, so on that on that side, I think that, and then she comes back and she like. Is, has just gone through this whole witness protection thing. Yes, at which, the end, which yeah. is great. And, and then, then she comes back later showing her, like, she saves the world as a civilian a few yes. times within this. Yes, that's true. That's actually a really, really good point. And I am really looking forward to bringing up this conversation again when we get to Rebecca Ferguson's character. Because mm-hmm. to me... And in Fallout, when we can talk about both of them. When we talk about both of them. And I think to me, Rebecca Ferguson's character is even closer to that Ethan Hunt standard than... Carter is in this film because the only reason Rebecca Ferguson's character ever fails is because of Ethan for the most right, part. Right, right. So, but back to uh, what's what's Ethan getting in the way? What's Carter's first name? Jane. Jane Carter. The thing about the thing I really like about this character in this movie is that, like we were saying, Keller, she's got a backstory which we don't get that for Benji. We don't even get that for Maggie Q's character. So, on the one hand, it's not about denying female characters relationships if they're mm-hmm. in action movies because they have to be masculine and they have to be badass and they have to be robotronic and they have to be all these things that like we think of as as being the male hero like uh, uh um archetype and i don't want to do that because but i want like to- later ethan's motivations are driven by his team member dying therefore he has to get revenge correct and this it's like her team member and her boyfriend died. right so the question is did we need that romantic element and I Which can you don't see need the both sides. I can see why they put it in there. Yes, it's a me spy, too. Spy thriller, espionage, yep, yep. whatever, whatever. And Ethan had that with part three, where Julia gets kidnapped, and then that's his motive. You know, mm-hmm. which which is like to us, like when as an audience member, you're like, oh shit, it's it's real. So and it's him. The callback to I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna kill her. I'm gonna, kill her. I'm gonna hurt her. Um. Gonna hurt so her. what I like in this, at least, is that you have a female member of the team who her male romantic interest is the one who's killed or fridged to further her plot. And it's a cool cameo from Josh Holloway, who's playing the Hannaway. What's the character's True. name? Hannaway? Hannaway. Trevor Hannaway. Trevor Hannaway. And I thought he had a great little fun moment in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's really cool to see a lost alum as a as an IMF agent, and then he's dead, you know, and then he's dead. But um, so that I do like because it's not often that you see in these types of movies the male character is the one who gets killed so that the female character is like, I will avenge you. No. Um, so yeah, so, so she's kind of, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I still really, really like the character, but at least there's some stuff to kind of pick apart there about like, okay, what does this franchise ultimately say about especially women, since she's like characters. has to go and like be the decoy for the rich guy and it's a, and, and it's another codes, and it's and another it's like tempt thing and then you remember she's getting undressed in the car i know which was like oh boy don't need that at all why do we need this if none of the other characters have to change i guess she had to change like, out of the dress i don't um, know yeah everybody else fights in a suit for the most part yeah and she's in that and, but again it's like even when you go to back to mission impossible one that was supposed to be Claire Phelps's role. Is it like she's like the seductress? And all Ethan's clothes are like so nifty. They go inside out and become something I know. else. Can she do like, something? Yeah. Can what? we, can we get on. something like that for a dress? Just seen, unfold it and it becomes a yeah, jumpsuit. We've, we've seen those videos where women have these awesome dresses where they unclip one thing and then it turns into like a different color. Exactly. And, you know, different mm-hmm. thing. So, no, you're right. So, um, uh, yeah, but I still like that she's in this thing. And you know what would be cool? If they brought her back. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. That who she should come back. So Keller, pitch your idea for what you want seven and eight to be because we talked about it in We've this talked movie. About it, yes. While we were watching Ghost Pros, and it kind of blew my mind. Pitch it. Very. We we said <laughs> we would be very fine with the rabbit's foot being the thing. Yeah. We don't care what the thing is. We've decided that the thing does not matter. It does not matter. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. The thing in Fallout basically is the rabbit's foot, but now they're just going to blow it up next to a mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> And water supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, we're not doing pandemics anymore. Yeah, maybe Sorry, not. Sorry, they're out. Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be like, maybe not. Maybe it's how seven Eight. ends. Ooh. Is Ooh. something fucked has happened. Mm-hmm. Like, they've accomplished the mission, mm-hmm. but it only just set things into motion in a way that they and, didn't even realize. And you came to this conclusion because you're, you turn to me and you go, these movies are about Ethan failing, but also the team. It's got, it goes from as, Ethan failing and ha- realizing he needs the team. And then they and, do it. And then the team is but then failing. the team fails. So then what, so what's the your scenario for... The team the team needs a team. What? This means we need to get Jane Carter back. Oh, dude, go this through means it. means we have go to through get it. back... Uh, Trevor Hanaway's coming back to life. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Super dead. We get Billy Baird back. Bring back Billy. Uh, if we could find a way to bring Tandy Newton back, sure. sure Where it's but... maybe just like a cameo and mm-hmm. less... It'd be mm-hmm. more like, oh, hey, Ethan. Maggie Q's got to come back. good to hear from you. Bring back Maggie... Declan Gormley's come back. Bring him back. Uh, turns out Emilio Estevez nope. only half his face no. got fucked up. He's dead. He's got two face scars, but he's back. Uh, I think then, that it would be so cool to turn this into an Avengers moment where you do, or recruit. even like Max is, does come back, but she's into like I think shit's about to get fucked. Here's the beyond deal. fucked. So even the worst of the worst. According, are like, according we to my jump in on yeah, something. According to my research, and we'll get to this when we get to. Mm-hmm. Fallout. No, is it Rogue Nation? It's Rogue Nation. When we get to Rogue Nation, um, I think they reveal that Max has actually passed away since. Oh, okay. But because her daughter is yeah. in the movie. And also, I wouldn't believe. That's like, true. It could is be, she, it could is be she a fake. really dead? It could be a fake. Is she really dead? Emilio is super dead. Is he really dead? Yes. Maybe we he's actually been hiding out it. as a little league <laughs> hockey coach. <laughs> but the point is, is like I'm going on what, a road trip with his dad. What a fun opportunity it would be to actually go back and get some of these actors to come back. It would be awesome. I would love and it. Also bring Paula back Patton, like Maggie uh, Q. Bring in some new people. Sure. Bring in who's going to take well, over. We're bringing in Haley Atwell. So Haley that's, Atwell. Those are the new people of that. That you know there'll be new blood in seven and eight also, but. It's that Fast Five or Avengers. Who's taking over for the IMF right now? 
Who do you think it'll be? I don't know. Cause be like, I hope it's Angela Bassett. Alec still. Baldwin's gone. Or in Angela Bassett's on the. He, she was Secretary of Defense or she something. Was sec- so yeah, that's she was why on the government like, side. So that's what I want to talk about. IMF for, is unneeded. For Ghost Protes, I was like honestly a little bit confused because what's that British actor's name? Where he shows up and he he's doing the American thing. He's like, oh okay, now, now Tom gotta, Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson's like, now I have to. He's go back the secretary to Virginia, and he it, he's the the secretary. Is that Secretary of Defense? They never say because they who do they right. say? Uh, and then he Anthony goes. I don't know who Hopkins Anthony Hopkins is. is. What I was don't he? know. The director? I guess. Or something. So it's like, is he the director of There's the IMF? There's hopping around what names are. Sure. And then we'll probably maybe get a little bit more clarification when we see mm-hmm. Brandt having to make his case in the next one. Right. About whatever. like what the, what what the hierarchy really is. What was really happening. Right, so right, maybe right. Because Baldwin is. Clear some stuff out. I think he's head of the IMF. He's now. IMF. After. So I don't know Lawrence where Tom Lawrence Wilkinson went. dies. Yeah, I don't we know. don't see Lawrence Fishburne die. True. So where maybe did he, go? he just—he was a werewolf, so he had to leave. Yeah, <laughs> they, they wouldn't let him be a teacher anymore. He had to plug back into the Matrix. Exactly. And then mm-hmm. he's the Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe Lawrence Fishburne's character, because remember at the Is end he of the three, Silver Surfer? he's the voice of the Silver Surfer in, in the in movie, this shitty Fantastic Four movie. Really? Yeah. And he's great. I and believe the Silver it. Surfer himself is Doug Jones. Is it cool? Um, the Silver Does Surfer is cool. No. I mean, the Silver Surfer effects. Yes, I think okay. so. They're okay. cool. Okay. They're so good that it's. A bummer that whenever he shows up again, it's basically going to be the same thing. That's how good they are. Do you know what I mean? They can't do anything cool and where, new. Where I'm like, oh man, they can't do anything cool and new because they pretty much did it. It's the same with like Venom. Like but also, Venom, they basically nailed it kind of with uh, Spider-Man 3. Like it's not too bad. It's pretty, it's okay. It's, uh, is it fine? It's, it's fine. The way Venom looks, is it fine? Sh- yes, but that's the bummer is that the story is so shitty that it's like, oh. So you'll never get to see Venom yeah. as good in as a, he looked at his best good, full potential. In a good story. Also, will you get a good story out of Venom really ever in a feature film what, if, context? If it Andy was... Andy Serkis fucking if makes it was, magic happen. If it was Tom Holland as Spider-Man Part 6. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? If it was in, an, in if it was in a universe in like which the Spider-Man MCU, exists. in which Spider-Man had already been a thing, and they built up to it, and you even introduced the outlandish, and this is what I just said to Clark Wolf: if you introduce the outlandish shit, Shout out to Clark Wolf. you do that in another movie because the MCU has the Guardians of the Galaxy to be like we're in space. They've already get they, they could do anything in those movies, mm-hmm. and if the Guardians of the Galaxy are like, oh, what's this black alien goo? Oh, there's a whole planet of symbiotes. We'd be like, okay, cool, that's what that is. That's the shortcut. Then one of those lands on Earth and attaches itself to Tom Holland, and you go, "We're good. I understand. This is not stupid." And then Ethan Hunt has to fix it. When you take away that support structure of like the Marvel Comics universe and them, you know, letting you little by little introduce this weird stuff, and you just do one movie with Tom Hardy, it's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. And the script can never. I like, never want yeah. a Mission Impossible movie to where it's like, "Oh shit! Now Ethan's on his own." I never want that. No, I, I agree because that I is, don't want it to be like. No, it's not what it's about. No. Nope. That's not what it's about. Um, I was going to say something else too, relating it to the TV show. Oh, back on the on the point of like the characters in the film and part of the mission always being like there's a seductress, there's a member of the team who like she can infiltrate anything, get any man to do anything, mm-hmm. and I think that's fine. But remember the line that William Brandt says in the movie? What he jumps next time I get to be I get to seduce the rich guy. Yeah, and yeah. then and we have to see that. Dude, happen now. I'm like, let's do that. Make let's do a thing where they come across another rich guy. And William Brandt's on the on the force for this mission. Or fucking Ethan and, Hunt has to do it. And William Brandt's, yeah, exactly. Like how James Bond had hinted at that in Skyfall, where um, uh, Javier Bardem or was, Or even have you know, a cast member be gay. What's that? <laughs> have a 
gay member of the cast. Uh, yeah, that would be <laughs> ideal. Do that one. Absolutely. That's pro- that's probably very common. Just, just hire a gay actor to play yeah. a gay character and then mm-hmm. have that. You know. Introduce them into the. Yeah, but it would. But it would still be. It's, these it's, movies are hetero as hetero. They kids. are, and that and that's the thing is I wouldn't want to play they're it. Like, our shirts are wet. We're gonna yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want a moment that I'm describing uh, to be played as like gay panic or for for oh, laughs, yeah. right? Where it's like well, with William Brandt or a character who's straight is like on the team, and then they pull up a billionaire, and then that character looks to Paula Patton and goes, "Hey, sorry, you have to do this," and they go, "Oh no, no, here," and they pull up another clip, and it's like the guy being like. Here's me. Here's my boyfriend, or whatever. Like him being a gay character, so they go. That's on you. You have to seduce mm-hmm. him. And I would not want it to be like, oh, I gotta pretend to be gay. But yeah, it'd be like, exactly. All right, that's the mission. And mm-hmm. it's all just like you know, for lack of a better phrase, played straight. But it's <laughs> <laughs> that would be great because it's something you've never have seen in this type of action movie before with this budget and this type exactly. of you know visibility and stuff. So, but like Keller said, also just have a gay character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Um, all right, what else there left to William Brandt? How do you feel about it? Did you think they were trying to pitch him as the next Ethan? I don't know if they were trying to do that, and I am glad that it was vague enough that I don't feel that way, right? Because I would not like that. No, especially since he had, didn't he just do the Born Legacy? So they're yes. already trying to pitch him for something else. Yup. Like, see, that's what's so smart about Marvel is they put him in Avengers, they put him in Thor, and they knew they're like, we're gonna give this guy a show on Disney Plus in like eleven years. We don't need a Hawkeye yeah. movie right mm-hmm. now. We're not yeah. even going to try to give you guys. And a even Hawkeye then, movie. it's not going to be his show. Yeah, <laughs> it's you about know? him giving Being the bow a and arrow. Exactly, to it's going to be Rocky Five. Exactly but, to Haley Haley mm-hmm. Steinfeld. That's what the show is going to be. Yeah, so that's going to be much. Which better. I'm on board for. Um, I thought that what's her name did a great job as the villain. Oh yeah, Sabine, Sabine Moreau. Moreau. Yeah. She is a fantastic she, actor. She and you said she's terrifying. Terrifying. She her is eyes so scary. Are the eyes the of way a she killer. looks at you? Yes. The way she's able to pull that off is so so good. Considering that she and is just a that anger, just like in her yeah. face. like when they open the door and you're like, oh fuck, and it turns out Paula Patton's right behind her. Yeah, you are legit like. Benji's dead. Benji's like, oh shit. Benji's yeah. dead now. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Benji's had to die. And it's, and it's just a testament to her performance because she is a like a young, attractive French petite woman. Mm-hmm. And she's so able to... Has 20 lines. Yeah, yeah. And she's able to pull and it out. And it's terrifying. And, she, like, and, and her whole fight is amazing. Too. I know. And her whole motivation is like, she wants diamonds. Like, okay. That's her... That's But yeah. she's... The that's payment. not her whole motivation. Right, right, like, right. that's her job mm-hmm. is to do this shit. But she's great. And yeah. she's, she's in... Hit woman. Spectre, the fourth Daniel Craig movie. And Which she was plays... a little bit of a bummer because sure. we we're like, oh, we finally have a yeah. Bond girl that's the same age as Bond. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. five With minutes Monica in. Bellucci? Yeah, exactly. Man, I want to rewatch that. That was awesome. But then, yeah, went, right, went right to like the 25-year-old mm-hmm, or however mm-hmm. old she is. And, and now they're married. Daniel Craig's 50. It's great. It's really great. Um, but it? we must not forget the age differences between Tom Cruise and his female cast members in True. these movies pretty True. much the same mm-hmm. pretty much the same the mm-hmm. difference is tom looks great for his age that's the difference that, yeah well i thought i thought when rogue nation came out i thought finally they got an actress that's his own age because rebecca ferguson looks like a grown woman not that any of the other women in these movies don't but rebecca ferguson looks like she could be like 45 mm-hmm. but but she is, she's like 38. She's like in her like mid to late 30s. She looks fantastic for Tom her Cruise age is also. 50 something. And that's the thing. LRH. I got tricked. LRH. They'd have to hire a Scientologist those, if they those, wanted to get somebody who was, <sighs> had the superpowers. Absolutely. Those Thetans, man. They, well, no, I think, is it lack of Thetans? Lack of you those. You don't want uh, them, right? That's what's aging me. I got my too many Thetans. Thetans. 
right in my hips. Me, hey. <laughs> it's where it cricks and cranks all those thetans in my hips. Um, the score in this is amazing. It might be better than part three. The, the, uh, yeah, the just because I think score. they're letting them let loose and be more yeah. fun. It's more musical. Yeah. Like, I miss the last him. one is mm-hmm. a bit grittier, I guess. Yes, I miss him, but... Jakino almost wouldn't fit the a little bit grittier tone of it's five like and it's six. like uh, brushing off a little bit of the grit that mm-hmm. the Bourne movies made everybody have to sure, fall into. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what Jakino did. Uh, what else? Brad Bird's directing. I think he did a fantastic job. He did, especially for his first live action movie mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. But also, you watch the Incredibles movies, and you They're know, great. and the Iron it, Giant, it, of course, my favorite movie of all time. So, like, all time. even though this is such a great movie, it's my fourth favorite Brad Bird movie, <laughs> and it might be your oh, shit. fifth. Wait, fourth? Yeah. Okay, so you put this after both Incredibles movies? Yes, I do. That's how much okay. I love Incredibles too, and I get people not doing that. So what? So that's yeah. my Brad Bird ranking. It's those, and then Ghost Pro. So it goes Iron Giant. And I even put Incredibles two, then Incredibles one, then then Ghost Prots, then I think I might rather watch Tomorrowland. Ghost Ghost Prots then has Incredibles two, incredible amount sure. of rewatchability. But let me ask you a question: Is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol in three D? Is no. Incredibles two in three D, Keller? Yes, it is. I'm gonna want to pop yes, that it in. Is. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Until I. I don't know when you will decide to do this, but we have a lot all. of time now. Yeah. <laughs> you could start, and should, we know you ooh, know how. I should painstakingly convert the Mission Impossible movies frame by frame into frame 3D. By frame. You could teach me wow. how. I'll take some. I'm going to need some proprietary software. Is it really hard to do? Yeah. Really hard? You it's, know how to do it. It's Mission Impossible to do. Oh, okay. You well, know. then we can do it. Maybe I can hack it. Hack it. We can get into Maybe the mainframe. Get in the mainframe. We're in. I just need I just need all of these movies and each frame of these movies, and then I can get it done. We have all the movies. It would be so fun. We can get the we to can do see it. these. It would be if they're, I there, man. If I I wish Christopher McQuarrie had a considered love. It. Well, they put they, you 3D. know Fallout was in 3D. I know it's so and upsetting. I it. We just got to find a way to get it in Danish. I know we okay. almost tried to track it I down. I think Finnish. Finnish. I think it's in Finland. Okay. I'm okay. All right, that's going to be my new mission if I choose to accept it. Is do you Wait, think do you maybe, choose to accept it? Do you think maybe by the time we get to Fallout, I should have a 3D copy? Do you want to try that? If you can oh, make that happen, but that'd also be, that'd be by you've next Thursday got, night. You won't be able to do that. Oh shit! You won't be able to get it that. It would fast, be an probably. eBay order that would be have to be like overnight. I'd be like, I'd be like overnight that shit, yeah, yeah, Finland, yeah, yeah. and then I'd have to we, get it. We're in, in hands. a pretty fun uh, bidding war that one time though. That so was fun. It would be worth on it. eBay. Yeah. Worth the, oh, be boy. worth the excitement. Hmm. All right, we'll look into it. We'll look into we'll it. We'll at least oh, see what I, it I'll takes. tell you what. At the very, very, very least... You'll reconvert everything by Thursday. <laughs> I, I'm promising you now, Keller, I will have a 3D copy of Fallout that's viewable by the time Mission Impossible 7 comes out, which will be 2021. That's acceptable. And also... Yeah. Man, I you can't even just get another Blu-ray wrapping player? my head around Fallout in 3D. Cause Me too. That heli- when he's hanging that from helicopter, the helicopter, like looking down ugh. at how far away the rocks are from him, and yeah. then how far away the ground is from those rocks. Here's what I was gonna say. So scary. If, or when they jump out of the plane. Imagine that sequence. In amazing. 3D. Here's what I was gonna say. If these movies were in 3D, I want to watch. I ever were involved with any kind of decision making process, I would push the the depth so much for the entire Burge sequence. That whole. Ethan out on the I would be like push it push it push it make it so much so that when people see that shot as the helicopter like goes over like as our viewpoint goes over the building top that it would make you go that's what I want that feeling of vertigo that feeling of like oh shit it's really coming out of the screen and it would really come out of the screen the building it'd be so cool man 
Oh my just god! Just even that very first aerial shot where you're flying over to show how tall this fucking—that's what I'm talking is. about. That one would go that like would this. Murder you, yeah. It put poke you in the dick. Like it was fine. Yeah, it would be bad. My dick. <laughs> um, this is a five star movie for me, Keller. What's your What's your ranking so far? You don't have to give me the ratings of the stars, but what is your ranking so far for these four? Uh, these four is three, four. Uh, one two. One two. Now but give me. But also, I'd rather rewatch. Also, this might have more rewatchability than three, than three does. I'll give you that. But, but also, it's like Hoffman. I almost yeah. just want to like put on Jakino's score and have it playing in the background while we're doing something. We should. We should be playing Yoshi's Island. Be playing Yoshi's Island. Listening while this to is, Ghost Protocol. No, I mean let's have it playing on the TV even. Yeah. But I don't want to hear them talking. Yeah. I just, just want, the score. I want someone to cut all the stunts into a massive supercut for me. That's what I was and looking just for put on that YouTube. On, uh, I was looking I for some supercuts, but they're all imagine tragic. They're, they're all music videos. It. Yeah. Like, I don't want I, that. I start. I play. I, I press, want someone to I, do Jacino's theme from this movie. Maybe the best one from the movie so far. Easy. Like which when one? It cuts to the fuse. And yeah. Oh yeah, dun 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 dun. We all know the Mission Impossible theme, but yeah, you that one, light it. the fuse. But it's I'm really saying good. his version. The track might be the best. The one. track listings. I don't have my iPod near me, but the track listings. I remember some They're of them. Are like, hell. Give her my Budapest. What's the Kremlin? What's the Kremlin one? Kremlin with anticipation. They're amazing. <laughs> Go, they are amazing. I don't even know if you guys have never seen the Apes movies. Yeah. Or even any of the Pixar movies. Yeah. Just scroll through and look at the pun magic that happens with Michael Giacchino and his team. It's incredible, yeah. Man. It's so, so good. Uh, okay, so overall, oh, one last thing. Give me your, Br- your Brad Bird movie ranking. Brad Bird movie ranking. Tomorrowland at the bottom. Never seen Tomorrowland, Ooh. so that's where it goes, at the bottom. I think it's worth watching once, but it's, it's not fine, great. but also it's too, like, winking at the camera the yeah, whole time. Really, I started it. really didn't come together, yeah. which is a bummer. Uh, yeah, it is a huge bummer, yeah, yeah. especially since it's like, you're allowed to make a movie about Disneyland, man. For sure, and some cool, fun shit, and it was so deep cut, and it had some cool ideas, and Clooney was great. It's just, mm-hmm. it was it was a real bummer, because so many of the pieces of Tomorrowland... It's the Oz great and powerful thing. Yeah. It's just weird... So many of the pieces individually, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I'm all about this. Like, put that in a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in. And then somehow, the sum mm-hmm. of its parts just didn't work. Imagine so, if they had gotten to go through with, like, a adventure land. For sure. And, a, like... Well, I think, uh, I want to talk about this, but I'm, I want to do, like, a... Um, I'm excited about that Jungle Cruise movie. Me too. It looks good. It looks like the smartest I'm possible very, very curious way about how they they're going to do it. Yeah. And maybe even, like, address how yep. fucked that ride kind of yep. is. Yep. Yep. And you most know, of Disneyland rule number one, kind of is. <laughs> rule number one, brown rock. That's your lead. That's like, that's good, yeah. good, good, yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah. good. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So what's your number one Brad Bird? Is it Ghost Pros? Is it Ratatouille? Is it Iron Giant? Is it I Incredibles think Iron one? Giant might be my favorite too. Cool. Just because. Thanks, man. Nothing. Nothing's going to hit as hard. No. Nothing else he's ever made hits nope. as hard as him flying into the bomb. That's true. Not him flying That's, into that missile, uh, nothing Brad Bird has ever done. Yep. Nothing that I don't most care. directors have done. I don't care about <laughs> old-ass uh, ego, like, being like, <laughs> I was a child once, and I ate ratatouille. Yeah. Uh, you know? That doesn't hit me as hard. True, true, true. Yep. Oh, okay, so Iron Giant, then what? Incredibles? Incredibles probably, 1. Or Ghost Proats? I might even put Ghost Proats. Ghost Proats. Then Incredibles 1, then Incredibles 2. I'll put maybe those the other way around, too. Then 2, then 1. Nice. Just as far as... At this point, I'm going rewatchability. Yep. Watchability. Yep. For any of Brad Bird's movies, because yep. they're all a good time. They're all a good time. Um, but right. we do watch Iron Giant every Thanksgiving. We do. Let mm-hmm. me know when you get to Tomorrowland. 
So okay. we can add it to the bottom of your ranking. Well, I we're eventually going to do a Brad Bird go through. Podcast? Yeah. Hey, I'm mm-hmm. down. What else are we doing? <laughs> uh, All right. Well, hey, I think that we we'll have... skip this one. We've covered every single possible angle of Ghost Protes. Most. Most Ghost Protes. Um, I'm very excited because you know what's next? The Mission Impossible film I think I've seen the least. Yeah. And it's still very, very, And it's very a little good. bit jarring. A little bit. When you first hear Solomon Lane's voice and you're like, mm. wait. This is what we're is in there for. there something in his throat? No, Ethan. Mr. Hunt. Mr. Hunt. Ethan. Ethan, I'm going to kill her. You're in a box. <laughs> Look at all the smoke. <laughs> I grew a beard for this one. Oh, no. I'm in a straight jacket. Uh, no, that's that's Fallout. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people watch Mission Impossible Rogue Nation? Keller. Rogue Nation. They can log into FX now. It's streaming watch, there. Watch Rogue Nation. Or it's or rentable. you guys should own these movies. Get, blue, get the Blu-ray can, set. If you can, get them. If, if you can afford to get these movies, yeah. they look good as hell yes. on a TV. Get the sixth Blu-ray set, the one that has as this little booklet, so you can follow along with the classified IMF documents. And it's going to be completely inaccurate yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Have fun finding out what's inaccurate. We've been circling with the red Sharpie. We're uh, going to send it in. Oh, man. We should. should. We should send it in yeah. to Paramount. Like, yeah, be like, hey, next time you guys print hey, this. fuck faces. <laughs> next time seven rolls around, hey, get your goddamn hey, shit we, together. We love this franchise. This is, your, this is your mission if you choose with, to accept with it. With all our hearts. Fucking but stop being fuck read faces. Read a book. <laughs> read a book about these movies. I would love a, a Mission Impossible encyclopedia. Because uh, you know, I know be real you fun. Would. I know, but you know, know be real you fun would. is because like you're like, in the process. Chapter one. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Hector's yeah. in the process of making trading cards. Impossible trading I will. cards. You can say it. it's going to have stats. He's going to be like <laughs> level of intelligence seven stars. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll don't tempt me, dude. I'll do it, dude. I need stats for I'll all of them. I'll give it to you, and it'll be based off of the official handbook of the Marvel but Universe. Now Chelsea has to stats. design a back of the no, card for you. No, 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 no. She what? won't have to. Okay, maybe you got. We got time. Corn time to be good. Okay, everybody, go watch. Let it be good. Go watch Rogue Nation. We'll be back in two days' time. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, hump day. Get ready to get humped because it's Rogue Nation time. Yep. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Hey, leave a review. Leave a five star review. Leave a uh, leave a uh, review, and we're gonna read it on the next episode. Yeah, we we keep saying we're going to. I can get it real fast. Okay. Uh, do or should we favor. wait for next one? We're gonna wait for next one. Okay. But do but put in a review right now if you haven't yet. If you like this episode, or if there's anything you guys want to share with us about what you love about Mission Impossible, you can always tweet us at 500 GF Podcast or at Keller Knobloch or at Hector is Funny uh, to just keep geeking out about Mission. This has been awesome. We put okay, out a couple I'm episodes. Read, I'm now. gonna read one review. We've 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 passed the first week of uh, episodes, and it's been really fun to see a lot of people engage with our like when we put out Mi2. And we were like, is it as bad as you remember? A lot of people were like, yes, it is. Yes. It's bad. But a but lot of people were like, like, that's my favorite. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you did do that. I was like, oh, you had to do a double take. Read one. Read you one. What we got? Take. Give us a review. A new review that we've never read. Only one man could make it through a list. And then uh, <laughs> five star review. That would be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank until you. he rises again, this Amen. podcast will do nicely. Hashtag he is risen. Comic of Joby. Hashtag he is risen indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Comic of Joby. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, we're going to read some more reviews next. Ep. Remember the really bad one? Yeah, those are really fun. They were uh, something to the effect of you talk about Fast and Furious every goddamn time. Don't waste your time. Worst podcast about movies I've ever heard. <laughs> one star. <laughs> Yay. Uh, thanks. Um, thanks. Pl- please don't give us any more one-star reviews. We won't read those. But if and you we'll be, cry. If you want to be real mean, give us a five-star review and then be mean. Yeah, and be we'll read mean it. as you want. And we'll have to 
look inward to ourselves and actually self-reflect. But you have to give us a five-star review. Exactly. I don't self-reflect for nothing less mm-hmm. than five stars. Four and a half stars, baby. Nothing no self-reflecting. Less. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. We'll see you in two days. Go watch Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and stay safe. Bye. Bye.